Hey, this is Greener Grass, a podcast. We are your hosts, Carrie Wee and Kelly McVeigh, now part of the Digitant family of podcasts. How's it going, guys? Hope you're having an amazing week. Before we get started, if you would like to become part of the Greener Grass family, opt in for our newsletter. We, uh, we periodically send out newsletters with photos and more information and links on our guests and whatever we're up to. So check the show notes for that. Today we have Amanda Love. She is a visual artist, somebody that Kelly met um, in their in our hometown of uh, the Newark Granville, Ohio area. And she has been working with books and creating amazing visual sculptures with her medium. So she sits down with Kelly to talk all about her process. All right, guys, let's get started. Beforehand, what an amazing name to have. We're, we're both jealous. It's a, it's a perfect name. And Amanda, I can tell you that I, you know, I don't normally research the person that we're going to talk to um, because it's someone that I've met in networking or I know, but I went on um, and got to see some of the amazing artwork installations. You can, you can guide me in um, using the correct terminology and words, but how I came across Amanda in life is the dance studio that I um, moonlight at occasionally did, um, what do I want to say? A collaboration? Is that the right word that I should say? You had an amazing installation in um, Newark and you reside in Granville, Ohio. I feel like a lot of our listeners know Granville because Carrie and I both grew up in the Newark area and it was amazing. And I felt like made me um, look at art in a different way, to be totally honest, Amanda. Like I've gone to multiple all the museums in New York City I'm not someone that knows a lot about art but I felt like um the installation that I'm sure we'll talk about word matter it just it made me think in a different way because of your love and use of books and so first off I would love for you to intro yourself to everyone and tell us a little bit just about yourself in general I think you grew up in South Carolina I was born there, yes, um, and I spent my summers there, but I grew up outside uh, D.C. and Frederick area, Walkersville specifically, um, and I'm the oldest of four, and um, yeah, and I was, went to North Carolina uh, ECU for undergrad. I'm really excited to be on the Friends Board for the School of Art now. I spent about 20 years in Chicago. I uh, went there for graduate school, uh, stayed, um, had a bookbinding studio, letterpress studio for about 14-ish years, kind of switched gears and um, was wanting, was looking to do something studio-wise with books and literature. And that was beautiful and, and was nice, but it was not exactly what I wanted. And what, what I really wanted was to get back to my full-time art practice. Um, and so when we moved here to Granville, um, my husband and I, we have two daughters, uh, both teenagers at Granville and um, we have a dog, Marshmallow. And she's white with toasty ears. And we moved here and it's been amazing for all of us. For me, um, being able to get back into my practice has been really important. 
So it's been great. I um, It's a wonderful community here. We're, we're really enjoying the quiet, uh, less time in the car. Um, just the quality of life is pretty um, ridiculous. Friends come to visit and they're just like, oh my gosh, you live like on constant vacation. <laughs> I know. It feels like the perfect little quaint spot in such a cute little city, village. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty nice. feel pretty fortunate. I guess that. So, you know, one of my questions, and I think even kind of how you introed yourself goes to that is one of my question was what came first, your love of art or your love of books, because you did bookbinding for so long. And that was, but I do think even you saying that art can be found in so many different areas of life. And I think that people don't always think that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, being a ballerina and all things, I do feel like I see art. I mean, sometimes I walk into a hair salon and I'm like, wow, look at what that person's doing. And that yeah, feels like art to me. Yeah, absolutely. And so was it book binding or the love of books or was it art first? Mm, it was 1000% art first, like pre-kindergarten. Like, I mean, my, my family would tell you it was just kind of obvious I mean, I was just drawing things, creating things. Um, I ended up doing design first. That's what I, uh, my BFA was in in undergrad was graphic design and then did that for a while. Um, And it was really wonderful. And I love those skills, but I I just, it left me still wanting more as a challenge. Um, And I had had uh, taken a bookbinding class as an independent study my last semester at East Carolina, uh, Dorothy Satterfield. Um, she's passed now, but she had been taking bookbinding classes and she was like, hey, you should come do this with me. And I was like, that sounds great. What a great connection to go from design and typography and um, sequencing things to turning pages and seeing images and type interact and almost like a, um, I do see the book as a, almost like a performance art piece. Like not only is it a visual uh, thing, it's a word thing. Um, Cause it takes you places once you read it, right. At literary wise, but like there's picture books are amazing too. Uh, comic books, graphic novels. So she kind of turned on the light for me. I feel like the the world of books has shifted and changed so much with technology. And I am the girl that wants the actual book. Like I like the book. I love the feel of a book. I love having it on my, you know, bedside table. Um, but I also listen to audiobooks in the car. I, I travel a lot. Do you feel like the art and the love of an actual book has shifted? Or do you think that that is still here with us? Yeah, it's really, that's a great question. Um, When I was in graduate school, we had to take um, history of the book um, as an object in all different shapes and forms. And um, I don't want to say philosophy, but more like critical thinking and um, conversations and critique and uh, criticism of the book. And at that time, um, in design and technology and book in general, like the big thing that was in conversation from like the early 90s, I would say until the early 2005, somewhere in there, 
um, was, is print dead period. Like not only like, um, you know, print as in, you know, magazines and whatnot, but I mean, that, that came into question too, if journals were going to survive, but was print dead as a physical structure of the book? And honestly, you know, I think, um, no, print's not dead. It's way not, it's, I think they're more coveted now. And there's almost this, um, because I, I meet a lot of people um, with the work and um, with the fact that I'm destroying the books, there's a lot of questions that come up. Um, and they're like, how could anybody who loves books <laughs> destroy books? Um, but keeping, I mean, going back to your question, I think that people love them. I think they're like time pieces. There's, um, again, it's that page turning, the pacing. Um, it's not the same as an audiobook. And I, I too love audiobooks. Um, but reading a book is absolutely different and holding the paper. Um, you know, sometimes on the very last page, there's the colophon. Um, and the colophon is generally, it used to be the, the bookbinder's notes on how the book came together, how it was made, what materials were used, the paper, the ink, the sewing, the leather, the wooden boards or whatever, chipboard or whatever. But now, and what typeface and how it was set and where it was set by whom and who cut it and da, 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 da. Um, it's kind of neat. You know, I think there a lot of publishers are coming back to that. And if you look at, um, especially a hardbound book now, if you look all the way on the second to last page where it's the end sheets um, on that last page, you'll see like a tiny little paragraph and it'll tell you how the book was made. It's not anything to do with the content of the book. It's just how the book was made. Those are pretty sweet. And we have um, one, a newsletter, just so you know, and we have uh, social media so we can share some mm -hmm. of these pieces so that visually people can see, you know, what you've taken, because that is one of the things that I'm so intrigued by that you love books. You love the concept of putting together this amazing piece and it being artwork in, in itself. Mm -hmm. How did you come to the place where you started dismantling books to create art in such a different way? And I do see, I that's part of what, when I saw the installation Word Matter, it was the love of books mm -hmm. that I saw from that for, for me. Um, but it is that you dismantled. I, how many books did Word Matter take to create? I think that one has about four, three to 4,000 books in it because it's shifted and um, how large it's been. And now there's new ones that I'm making. So three to 4,000 books. How do you do the, does the, did the book matter? Did the books matter? I guess if it's 3,000, 4,000 when you're dismantling those books to create the installation, are you thinking about what the book is? Uh, no, no. Yeah. So, um, so you, I think you had two questions in there, like That's first, great. how did it even come about? And then am I thinking about it? <laughs> yes. So um, to the first one, um, so altered, um, like if any of your listeners or you guys want to look up like artist books in general, there are, um, there are so many different ways that artist books can um, come about the term artist book is just the same as like saying painting or sculpture or video art or it's an art form interdisciplinary 
the program that I was in for graduate school was um, interdisciplinary arts, which we took modern dance, we took video, we took sound. There was all sorts of performance art. Um, and then there was the center for the book. And then we did book binding, paper making, and letterpress printing, um, which I feel to this day, I still am super grateful that my graduate program was housed under that umbrella because the work that I do has, um, I mean, I, some of it's sculptural, but I would say I definitely am always thinking about an entire room or an experience or an installation and entering that space and with the lighting and the sound and all the things, the smells. And um, so in the, um, the graduate program, that was when I started exploring what artist books meant. And so we... And there was a historical structure like sewing on boards. If you think of like illuminated manuscripts, the codex comes around and that, a lot of those are illuminated manuscripts. And those are um, sewn on wooden boards that somebody has drilled into twine or string, like some heavy string or even maybe even a leather cord. They're sewing the whole book together. And that's the beginning of the codex which is what you think of as book, it's called Codex. And I really started loving the medieval book binding sewing structures because you could manipulate them. And all of a sudden I was making things out of copper and waxed paper and cord that were ginormous. And then um, some of the books that books I made were like seven feet to three feet and they don't really look you would never walk up to it and say that's a book um <laughs> right enjoy uh taking it apart and dismantling and figuring out a way to make it new um even though it's rooted in that foundation in history um so yeah I'm just real now realizing that's a, a trend <laughs> So um, it's not, I guess, too surprising that later, um, you know, people in my graduate program were sanding books and cutting books and doing all sorts of weird things. I did like the repetition. And so I created one and I was like, man, if I would repeat this a lot. So maybe I had like a hundred and I was like, well, if I had a lot of these, um, that'd be great. So a friend of my husband, Tom Zubel, who is in Cleveland, they have a book business, uh, Zubel Books, and he kindly um, shipped me about 7,000 books freighted from Cleveland to Chicago to my studio. And then I, um, I set about taking the covers off and they were all hardbound. And so to your second question, did I do I think about it? When somebody gives you 7,000 books and you have a year to get a, a project done to have an exhibition, you're not looking. I was just taking the covers off, stacking, boxing, sorting. I've always saved the um, title pages and I um, saved all of the dedications by a friend in New York who he works, he's working on a project with dedication pages. So I've given him all of my dedication pages. Oh my gosh, um, I love that. <laughs> and um so I, I still have the titles and I save like weird things you find in books um but other than that now I don't I try not to look I mean I know the difference between a letterpress book that's been hand sewn there was a first edition uh something or other that I 
promptly returned because um, <laughs> I was like, this is valuable. Um, so I'm, I'm not crazy. Springfield Art Museum is having a um, an expansion and a redesign of their museum. And I have a show coming up there at the end of this year. And I'm really excited about it. So they're going through this renovation and uh, they decided not keep their arts library. They had an entire library of nothing but art books. And so um, they reached out and said, would you like all these books? And I said, of course. And I, I went in one trip and just about broke my car because I, it was too heavy. And I went back with a U or sent somebody back with a U-Haul. I mean, there's thousands in my studio now. They're all art books. They're all one subject and they're all hard bound. And my my biggest question, what why are <laughs> why does nobody want the why are you guys not using these books or isn't there somebody who would like them? They were deemed obsolete. And that was that was like pretty shocking because they're art books. You know, it's like you don't how art that has been historically made becomes obsolete. Maybe the people who wrote the foreword or the the criticism, um, maybe they're dated. And it was just really interesting to have conversations with all of them. There was one curator, she's amazing. And she was like, this is really hard. And she's like, I just want to take them all home. And I was like, I know, <laughs> this is going to be really hard for me. Um, so it hits on a different, um, it's hitting on a totally different note this time, because I'm looking at books of artists who I admire and have um, enjoyed looking through books of their work. And now their books are the books that I'm going to dismantle and rip. And, and also all the books that I've used so far have only had text in them. Yes. That's what I was thinking when you were saying it, I was thinking that part of it probably does feel like text, but I do think from an art perspective, it will be, look completely different than things that you've done that I've seen previously because it was all text. Right. Absolutely. Which will be exciting. (laughs) So when you have 7,000 books, I mean, one, I'm thinking of what your studio looks like versus a painter studio. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. you just have all of these books everywhere. When you had those 7,000 books, did you have the vision in your mind of what word matter was going to look like from day one. And I wasn't able to achieve it. The very first time I showed it, I had to lay it on the floor and then it all went in boxes for about, Oh my gosh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when I had my bookbinding studio, I had started working on that piece immediately upon finishing my graduate um, work. And it was a, program in Chicago for emerging women artists. And there were like eight of us. And so for a year I did that. And, um, but, you know, I wasn't making any, I was teaching at Columbia. I was teaching typography, uh, two classes, maybe three a semester, but that's not enough to live off of, you know, got to do something to pay your bills <laughs> and to exist. You know, I thought the, the book binding thing, I, when I started that, this, the studio, the business and all, the letterpress, I didn't think that it was going to be successful. I mean, it wasn't, I mean, I was just trying to do a couple odd jobs just to kind of fill in the gaps and it kind of took off. 
you know, kind of woke up about 14 years later and was like, wait a minute, this is really not what I want to be doing anymore. So word matter was in a sense, a side passion project. And then did you create that in Chicago and then box it up and brought it to Granville? And that's when you decided to Mm -hmm. start bringing it back to life. Or the show was in 03, but it was like, I had the vision, but a year was not long enough to create the whole piece. Like I couldn't figure out how to make it float. The engineering fall of 19 is when I was able to pull it all out of its boxes, lay it out on a table. And my sole objective was just figuring out how to make it work, how to make it float. And that took a year, actually more than a year. If I added it all up, it would be like two and a half years for that one piece, which is crazy. I'm looking at how you did make it float. And how would you say, like, is it how it's attached at the top? Mm-hmm. Yes. What was the key to making it flow? And you're right. It is the room. It's the space. It's the light. It's how the sun shines in versus Mm -hmm. how the light that's in the room. Like those are all such important pieces because when, when um, our listeners see this, it's the, the pages of the book string together and you can correct me, Amanda, if I'm wrong down, but so the light kind of floats through it. Exactly. Which is what it's very meditative. It's really, I mean, it's very textural. A lot of people think it's a tapestry from far away. And then as they get closer, they're like, oh, good Lord, it's not (laughs) at all. And it is, it's, it's really tactile and it has a lot of movement. um, And the lighting changes everything. Your newest project isn't around books. Am I correct? Is that the one silos? Um, I'm still working on all the book stuff, uh, an opera that is a no word opera with a composer. And we're working on an installation piece as well that is still about no words. I had another residency in Sonoma earlier this year that was printmaking based. It's a series of words that were removed from the Oxford Junior Dictionary in 2017. There were about 40 words that were removed because um, the the regular dictionary does not lose words they become archaic or obsolete but they don't remove words they stay there but in the junior edition which has like I can't remember how many hundred thousands of words so in this case they took out 40 words and most of them were words like willow fern dandelion Um, yeah and it was it like it hit and maybe it's just, you know, I'm surrounded by trees out here in Granville and I'm, I'm yes. kind of enjoying my hiking time and I'm a, I plant trees and do all this kind of stuff. There but, are for sure um, dandelions. <laughs> it kind of, you know, one of my favorite things is ferns and fern was on the list and it was, um, it was pretty shocking. I created a, an edition of prints that is that have the word that was removed. But the thing that's really crazy is these words were replaced with technology words like hard drive, booting, booting up, or I I don't know, you know, like just different technology words, which was super weird. Um, So the series of words are printed and then I sand into them to erase the word. And then underneath are images that relate to the word. It's amazing. Layered thing. And then the other set of prints 
called Dangerous Books, and it's about all the things that books will make you do, um, just in relation to book banning and book suppression. Um, I started reading um, like school, county board, school board, county meeting notes, and yes. um, there was one, the one that stood out the most that's a direct quote is, um, the books will make you gay. And I was just like, who is this person? Like, what are you talking about? And so I started the, um, and printing terms in the little press, I can only do so many words. (laughs) So letter count, letter count is important. Basically took books will make you, and then the, the last word changes, um, like the books will make you high, the the books will make you dirty, the you know all these things. Um, and then there's a footnote that re- takes you to the quote um, from this past calendar year, maybe a year and a half. So that'll that's gonna show in uh, the fall as well. So I'm still working on all the book stuff. When you look at art, you're taking your own perspective, your own, imagination I guess your own vision sometimes and hearing like how your mind works creative creative what do I want to say creatively creatively creatively, um to come like I am just obsessed with everything you're saying and I feel like it is this constant woven of how much you love books and what looks books stand for and the text of books Um, And I think it's almost what you're doing with books by dismantling them or using them in the way that you do is showing your love for books. And it's also connecting with this idea of loss, like the loss of words, the loss of freedom of speech, the loss that somebody's going to be able to read the book and find themselves in it. If the book's not there, if the words are taken away, how is that? person going to find themselves or identify like they have every right that anyone else does to see themselves in a movie or in a story um but then there's like culturally historically like the the destruction of books and it's happening right now in ukraine um i mean it's it's always the first thing like in a case of um, a power struggle or a war, it's always the first thing that is taken they, is to dismantle the culture. If you can solely re- erase, whitewash, remove the culture, you can control that that new culture that you are trying to take over. So in a lot of cases, um, in cases of war and power struggles, that's what's happened. But like what's happening right now in the United States with um book suppression I it's not like maybe we are at war against each other these two different ideas but it um I don't think it's going to end well um if you remove everything like what what do you everybody it's like we're not all the same people yes of course there's different ideas okay that's fascinating so you took word matter went back to Chicago correct yep Yep. And was that exciting for you to feel like you were taking it home in a way? It was. It was a huge homecoming. Still up right now in Chicago at Robin Richman. It's just great. It's great to share it. It's great to show it in different um, environments. 
um, there, there will be more of it this fall in Chicago. This is kind of, I feel like, and I could be wrong, but a next chapter for you in life in the sense that the WordPress and you always had art, but now the ability for you to just spread your wings in the sense that you do have all these exhibits going up and coming down and that you really can, um, that's really what your life is now, opposed to the work and grind of every day that you have the ability to bring all of this to life. Is it feel like a new chapter in a different era of your life? Or does it feel like it's just something you've always done and always been a part of you, um, but you have the ability to put more time to it? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's both. I think it's probably both. I feel like, I mean, I honestly don't feel like I've ever worked a day in my life, even when I was doing design. Like I just loved it so much. I loved uh, teaching. Um, I loved having the letterpress and bookbinding studio. I did not love deadlines, but they do make things <laughs> happen. Yes. Um, but but to be honest with you, there's deadlines now. Like if I take a commission, there is a deadline. Um, if I have a show, there is a deadline. So the work could be, you know, it's really, um, you know, I guess I would hope that um, everyone would, or most people would see someone like me, like as a full-time artist, like it's really, I'm, I'm working too. It just looks different. Like yes. I'm maybe at, um, you know, a coffee shop in town and reading or, you know, just looking out the window that, you know, or, you know, sitting in my car, scrolling through Instagram, <laughs> I don't know, whatever, but I'm probably, that does mean I'm working. Yes. Um, it just looks different, it, you know, and of course, if someone were to come into the studio, that looks like something totally different, but that's, um, I think the artists at work, like you're always kind of working. And I think it's, um, I'm really grateful to be able to do the residencies because um, I, we do have a busy family life and um wonderful community but it 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 is very um it's even even as quiet as Granville is it does take up a lot of space yeah, so did. um to be able to quiet your mind to actually work on things and be productive you know is you have to kind of remove yourself from things um in order to um or at least I feel like I have to remove myself from things so that I can really get work done. Yes. To create the space to do all of these incredible things. Well, I, I think I'm going to list where people can see your work. Um, mm -hmm. I'll link your website and we'll use a lot of the pictures. And if you have okay. any specific pictures, I would love to share them. And I can tell you that I will be showing up at some of these places. I'm going to share with my friend, Christina, um, that she needs to visit the museum and do I say the museum? Oh, it, no, it's, that, it's a little, it's a little boutique. It's okay, um, a little, Robin a Richmond. Mm -hmm. All right. She is, she Sorry. is someone that I know will head there in the next few days when I text her. Yep. So what can I, so to leave um, today, one, I think, I think we even started to dive in just a little bit about the love of books. I love that you believe that print isn't, disappearing in any way although we do have this flux where right now people are doing some of the things you talked about banning books looking at books differently and I think it's a good call out um even culturally that 
a place like Ukraine, it's one of the first things to go historically when something like that is happening um, because books lead us places, lead us all places. And we, we learn more, know more, you know, and you can't undo what you learn. So a book is good for that always. What are you most excited about um, for future coming up project or just in general? Um, what are you most excited about? Mm, I'm I'm super, uh, my mind is spinning right now on the new installation and work with um, uh, Christoph um, pressing the composer. Like that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, there's there's some just juicy um, ways of thinking about all of it and how to bring people into a space and create a feeling. Um, I mean, not to leave it on a downer, but I mean, the, the feeling is this epic loss, like it will just be confusing and then it's that, but I think it will also, um, I mean, it's, I think it will be visually really interesting. And I'm also really excited to uh, work on Tigris later this, um, coming up really soon. Like when I say later, I just mean like in a month from now, um, which will be all in concrete and um, book bits. Um, so that's gonna be really, I only dabbled in it last year and I'm really excited to rent a cement mixer and be outside making cement vessels with books in them. <laughs> Thanks so much, Amanda, for carving out the time to sit down with Kelly. Uh, we loved listening about your process. And to the listeners, I'll put in the show notes some links to see some of her work. All right, guys, please honor us with a five-star rating and a review. Just smash that five stars. Leave a sentence. It means so much to us. It, we will... Um, highlight you on our website and uh yeah opt in for our newsletter we love to sound out more information for the amazing people that we interview on this podcast and if you just love hearing the sound of my voice the expecting aerialist is also uh weekly drops on tuesday mornings and it's all about uh you know the pregnancy phase postpartum momming all of that stuff all right my friends have an amazing week over and out this is greener grass podcast mm-hmm.